Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show. Featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Support your team. Get to the game. It's rugby supercharged. Well, 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 well. So it comes to this. A couple of weeks before the final of the Super 15, and there is no Australian team. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? Well, 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 I blame Tim Horan almost exclusively. <laughs> the Reds rolled by uh, the Sharks dominating early, 30-17. to 17. I, We don't have to go far back. In fact, last week uh, I put a, um, another fearless prediction in the canister uh, from both of you boys, Tim uh, and Maddie, good morning, mate. Good morning. It was that the final would be played between the Crusaders and the Reds, same as last year. It was that the Reds would win uh, one week later. The Crusaders certainly held up their part of the bargain, beating the Bulls 28-13, but not so the Reds. You did say, though, Tim, in your defence, that no Quade Cooper, no win. No, I thought uh, it would be very tough without Quade. I don't think even with Quade Cooper, had he had played last night at Suncorp Stadium, that the Reds still would have struggled in the, the mindset that the Sharks came out. They were they were fantastic. Their back row, uh, Kutsia and Willem Alberts in the second row, they were in the first 10 or 15 minutes to go 17-0 up. And it's exactly how the Reds played against the Sharks in Durban in their round game, in the you know, and they were up 17-0 as well. But the, the Sharks came back to win that game 27-22. But the Reds look, looked out of sorts. Ben Lucas was injured um, after about 20 minutes of the game. And then they had a, a big backline reshuffle. Berkey, I'm not sure what you thought of that. And then they moved Will Guinea to fly half and brought on Nick Frisbee. So it really unsettled the pattern of play for the Reds. But yeah. the Sharks were outstanding. And Timmy, we'll get to Matty because he does have uh, an opinion on that. Um, before we get to that, because we'll get to that next, mm. uh, I just want to say, do you, you look a little bit weary around the eyes. What's happened to you overnight, Bert? Oh, a little bit tired mm, what overnight. Happened? Um, mm. Not for the fact that I was up watching games or sport and that kind of stuff. The no, kids like were up last else. night. The kids? Yeah, the kids are up. They're uh, up early this morning. What, so. watching the Tour de France? What were they watching? Watching Tour de... Nemo, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to go into great detail. We'll find out exactly why the Reds lost. Later in the show, we'll talk to Ewan McKenzie, the coach. He may have an answer. Sadly, he didn't have it last night. This is The Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. Matt Burke, Tim Horan, Tony Squires with you. The first time really this season, this year, that the Queenslanders are looking at a loss on the footy field. Suncorp Stadium's been so good to you, Tim, uh, all year. <laughs> sort of state of origin. Any code, anything, any, any time somebody went to Queensland, they came home with a loss, not so I with the we Sharks. Should, ma- ma- maybe we should just play the nipple there, the lawn bowls there on Don't Suncorp Stadium. Let me get the surf life-saving championships there. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? <laughs> that be good? All right, now, the Sharks came uh, a long way for that win, uh, Berkey. There was a few, there was obviously the first the Quade Cooper thing that the Reds had to deal mm. with, and then the injury to the man who was taking the number 10, and then the reshuffle that Tim mentioned at the top of the show. What were your thoughts? Well, I think, Tim, I think you mentioned before, they went in with a 5-2 split, so knowing that the forwards are going to have to take most of the workload, which was shown last night with the, the strength of the of the Sharks pack, Ben Tapuai... A 5-2 split? Meaning on the reserves bench. It's normally 4-3, normally oh. okay. so normally so four five, forwards, so five, three yeah, backs. Five, yes, yeah, okay. Five and you're forwards, able to cover that. Yep. So then, I, why they changed Will Guinea and put him to 10... And brought and brought Frisbee on there. I would have put Ben Tapwire and left him there and shifted Harris in one. Uh, worst case scenario, if you didn't want to use um, those guys, put Radiki Samo on the wing and, and shift everyone else one in, one spot in. So Digby goes, Digby Wayne goes to to thirteen. It's a big winger. Oh, it's a massive <laughs> winger. But he's been there before though, and that's the scary part about it. He played for the Brumbies years ago yeah. on the wing. 
and he's you know he holds the ball in one hand and he, he, I mean you don't have to stay on the wing you just have to fill a spot for the time being so I think they got that wrong I think they I think they were, uh, they took away from the expertise and we heard you know, your guys Timmy afterwards say and it was Mardo say you know you, you lost then that ability to to snipe around the ruck there so um, maybe a, a wrong decision that they'll they'll rue for for the season twenty twelve. Yeah, well, you and Mackenzie, um, well, he's used Will Guinea previously there at, at fly half against the Sharks, actually, when the same, when mm. um, Ben Lucas came off injured in Durban um, during the um, the pool games. But, yeah, in saying that, I mean, you and Mackenzie said that they've trialled Will Guinea there through training in case, you know, a plan B or C or D is required. So, yeah, it was an interesting call because it changed two or three positions just for that uh, one injury of Ben Lucas. But that being said, I don't think it would have mattered too much. I certainly... The, the game plan that Ewan McKenzie was trying to put in place was to spread the ball around and, and run the big um, Sharks forwards around, hoping they would tire from jet lag from the long flight, but they didn't. They they came home really strong, the, uh, the Sharks forwards. Because they struggled on a flight, didn't they? Didn't they? They missed a connector at, at Johannesburg, then they missed a flight from, uh, from I yeah. think it was from Sydney or something. It took them about get... 42 hours to get from, <laughs> to get from Durban to uh, get to the Gold Coast. So they based themselves on the Gold Coast and had a pretty easy week, and, and now they've got to fly all the way back. Um, today back to South Africa. Did they and go to they, Wet and Wild? <laughs> movie World? I think, well, I think they had planned, yeah. if they'd lost the game, to go to Wet and Wild and had a bit of a, uh, a mad Sunday. But really? now they're on a plane heading back to go to Cape Town and base themselves in Cape Town for a, all the week to play uh, the Stormers. I still shiver every time somebody says Wet and Wild because I went there and I went down the very, very, very steep one. And I walked up and I was wearing my Speedos. And just just a tip, don't do that because th- they disappear. Were you a surfboat yeah. rower? <laughs> oh, it was no good whatsoever. Uh, Will Genia, of course, did admit that they just didn't play go- uh, play well enough. Just have a listen to what he had to say after the game. Yeah, it's obviously quite tough when we have those injuries. Um, very unlucky, but regardless of that, we, di- we didn't start well. We made sloppy mistakes. We- you know, we're inside their 22 right at the start of the game. We release pressure by knocking balls on at the back of the ruck. We don't give ourselves any opportunity to any chance in the game. And you know, more often than not, you get the rub of the green from the ref when, you got, when you're on front foot and the Sharks were. The other thing he said there, uh, you know, we didn't hear there, but was that he does what I like to do. He said the quote was, if we had lost to a better team but played well ourselves, you can cop it. See, I like that because what he does is rob the team that beaten them of any kind of joy in their mm. victory and that's what I would always do oh yeah but you know you were rubbish but I, I was just worse <laughs> that's, that's, is that like a golfer they, they get their very individual sort of chat at the same time with the tennis players they yeah. can they can do that so um, and they speak in the third person and the third person at the same time exactly right now, well done loves that <laughs> alright there you go uh, we'll get to a little bit more of de- detail and exactly how that uh, came about we'll talk to coach Ewan McKenzie later in the show right here on The Ruck it is your Sunday rugby show this is The Ruck Black Keys gold on the ceiling it's Timmy's song <laughs> really <laughs> and on the walls the floor, <laughs> on the floor. You've been to his house. This is just all gold. It's it's very it's very tough to walk into his place. You've got to close your eyes all the time. There's it's just, there's shiny, just so much glint shiny. coming through. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you've just joined us or you've just woken up and for some reason you weren't out and about last night to see the score in the Super Rugby, the Sharks thirty beat the Red Seventeen. That was after the Crusaders uh, got all over the the Bulls twenty eight to thirteen. They they look pretty good though too, didn't they? The Crusaders, mm. Berkey. Uh, that they go forward. The Reds sadly don't. Uh, look. Uh, the Sharks, we were just talking about the, the Reds before, but the Sharks did arrive. That really tough, hard uh, contest, yet they showed great flair, Berkey. They, they did indeed. Um, it was, they threw the ball around, yeah. uh, and as we've seen the last couple of weeks, they've been, they've been on fire like that, Timmy, and the, the ability to offload the ball, I mean, it, it was going through, 
it was going from everybody. I mean, the, the props were getting involved, the, the, the back row was getting involved. I mean, I love a prop with flair. A, a prop with flair. It was, it, was, it was the beast last night was on fire. It was throwing short balls around the corner, this, that, and the other. I'm sure the coach is sitting on the sideline, John Plumtree, going, mate, what are you doing? Just pack it down and, and just keep going straight. But that's the ability they had last night, and they kept the ball alive, Timmy, which is probably the, uh, the hardest part to defend. You think you're on, on top of the opposition, and all of a sudden the ball pops out and you go again. Yeah. yeah, well, the Reds, they should have scored more tries, really, because the, the Sharks' defence, it was, it was outstanding. Because the Reds had, they had 69% of possession. They had 75% um, of territory in the opposition half. So the Sharks were only in the Reds' half for 25% of the game. And the Reds had, they had 12 minutes in the opposition, 22, compared to the Sharks. I think it was about two or three minutes. Because the Sharks, they scored three sort of 60 to 70 metre tries. And the way they played was just outstanding. So they will push the Stormers um, next Saturday, or this coming Saturday in, in Cape Town. And they deserve their win. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered. There was a lot of talk about Jonathan Kaplan, who yeah. was the South African referee who mm. um, officiated in the game. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job. He missed a couple of um, points, but there was a lot of talk about would he make a difference because he's South African and there's a South African team yeah. playing. But, you know, I, I'm a believer that the best referee, you know, whoever that best referee is, you know, should officiate the game. But certainly he missed a, uh, a doozy when Liam Gill went over in about the 55th minute that should have been awarded a try. And that may have changed the game, but I don't think it would have mattered because the Sharks, you know, they were on fire. Yeah. All right, well, the question is now uh, the Reds about next year, I suppose. And for the Australian franchise, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Mm. It's been disappointing. There's no doubt about it. It's been disappointing. One man who... Uh, Michael Foley from the Waratahs. Now, just a few weeks ago, he was basically wondering whether he was going to have a job at the Waratahs. The Waratahs have lost, lost 445 games in a row, I think it is. <laughs> uh, they have negative support. Uh, when they go out in the field, people start booing. When they walk down the streets, people start booing. Yeah, this is the man. Suddenly, he's been you know, re-recruited mm. for the Waratahs, yet now we find today he's been talk of being poached by the Western Force. Now, this comes down to something that I'm very keen to hear from you guys about, player power. It seems that it's actually players who are pushing from, from the Western Force to get Michael Foley to coach there, a couple of internationals who want who like his style, who, who want him to be the coach. When you were playing Berkey, did you know who was going to be coached? Were you, did somebody get on the phone, some executive say, Berkey, I really want your opinion about this coach. Who, do you th- who should we get? Player power, uh, I think, started, uh, I think, Tim and you probably agree, probably down at the Brumbies. I think they were the first ones to sort of really sort of take it up and and and, and understand that they have a voice more than anything else. Um, I think then it, it's grown legs since then, no doubt about it. I mean, when we were playing uh, at, at Waratahs, I went through eight coaches in 13 seasons. So really? we didn't have a voice uh, all, all that much. Uh, probably the best one was Bobby DeWire, who uh, just came in and said, right, this is the way we're going to do it. Uh, put up or shut up, basically. So um, I think that's what you need sometimes. I just think you need a coach sometimes that says, hey, we're going to do game plan A today, and if it uh, and if it goes a little awry, we might just sneak in B, rather than the players taking control of the whole thing. And and I understand that they've got to have some responsibility of, of how they want to play, but sometimes it comes down to just sort of doing what the coach says to do. So, Well, does it surprise you that there's player power in the Western Force that wants Michael Foley? Well, it, it it does a bit because you, you look at reputation, you look at what they've been able to achieve, and somehow coaches seem reinventing themselves, whether it's they... They can do a good PowerPoint presentation and, and, mm-hmm. and bluff the people in, <laughs> nice. at, at the top there. And head projector. Uh, exactly right, yeah. <laughs> the laser pointer at the same time. And then if they can, if they can project uh, a, you know, something that looks like it's going to be fantastic, you know, the people buy into it. So at the moment, um, you know, he's gone again with the Waratahs, uh, saved, his, saved his job, but then we're hearing reports, and, and, and I've heard a couple of floated around from some of the guys as well that, uh, that he could be going over to Perth. So 
Three year guaranteed. Timmy? Well, there's not, many, there's not many coaches to choose from now, is there, for the Western Force? They're running out of options, and mm. they have to, um, you know, as quick as they can now that the season's finished for the Western Force and, you know, and all Australian teams in Super Rugby, they have to find a coach as quick as they can, a really good, high-quality coach that can keep the likes of David Pocock, because otherwise David Pocock will make a decision um, before they can select a coach. And I think he's trying to hold back David Pocock with the options that he's got to go to the Brumbies until the Western Force can say, OK, this is our coach for the next three or four years. It's sort of... Uh, it, it's getting to wreak a bit of uh, James O'Connor, isn't it, from last year, how he just... He hung on, hung on for his decision and waited and waited and waited, and whether that was going to be, you know, for the coaching staff or whatever, but it's now gone the other way around where the, the coaches are sort of hanging the, the, the carrot out there saying, hey, boys, I'm, I'm ready to go if you want me to, and like it could be gold-plated like your place, Timmy. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of decisions to be made with the Australian franchises, one being where do we go for Mad Monday. We're going to get to that later in the show. Plus, you and Mackenzie all ahead. This is The Ruck. And this is The Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. Although here we are polycodal, we like to give you information about uh, everything that's going on in the world of sports. So it is time for our patented sports wrap. Let's start with the NRL last night. The Rabbitohs, 36 over the Dragons, 14, although they were without Dean Young early on after Greg Inglis hit him pretty high with the shoulder. Eels, very high, just above his head. Uh, <laughs> the Eels, six, this is a great score, isn't it? Eels, 16, beat the Storm, 10. For those who don't know underwear, the Eels are at the bottom of the table. The Storm uh, were at the top. The Bulldogs, I think, have taken over there. Stephen Kearney, of course, had announced that he was leaving, uh, so they were doing it for the sacked coach. Well, they should try and pretend, you know, sack, pretend to sack the coach every week. <laughs> they, might, they might perform like that. Yeah, teams seem to lift, don't they, in that week? And it was great. Nathan Highmarsh, of course, who's r- roughly 52 years old, scored his first try since 2010. Uh, the winning try. It was great to see the bloke go over there with the pants just still halfway around the butt cheeks as he likes to play, only <laughs> with, with the bicycle parked. Uh, <laughs> there, is talk, there was talk, apparently, at the Eels while that game was going on, and it's been in the papers, we, we knew that on Friday that uh, Ricky Stewart was spoken to by the Parramatta Eels, and mm. I know his manager, John Fordham, had lunch with the Eels. Uh, I'm not sure where there was talk that he'd already signed, and maybe that was what was lifting the team, but uh, I don't know that that's the case. There's a lot of things he's got to go through, you know, with the state of origin and so on. So. Well, I think he's uh, I think he's been touted for Waratahs as well, hasn't he? <laughs> Is he? Yes, <laughs> Ricky, yeah. And, and the Western Force. And the Western Force. Player power, really won him. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights, 24, beat the, the Warriors, 19. The AFL, Carlton over the Bulldogs by 19 points. Port uh, Adelaide, 28 points uh, better than uh, the poor old Demons. And Brisbane... 11 points better than the might of the Gold Coast. Uh, in the Tour de France, I don't know if you've been waking up still in the France, uh, Bradley Wiggins, he's got a 3.21 second uh, minute lead uh, heading to the final stage. The final stage, because they've had their time trial, it's basically just a l- little ride into Sit. Paris. They get the paddle pop sticks out, put them in the spokes. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, just unwritten, unwritten rule. You can't, you can't go out and, and you can't beat him now. Well, no, that's right. You put the bells on the, on the handlebar. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. You get the spokes. The, spokes. Like the, the little... The beads on the spokes. It's just a fun ride. This is the only part of the, the Tour de France that I would actually they should, be interested they should, in. They should, they should put the little sissy bars. You know the little yeah, sissy bars? Yes. Go behind. Oh, Could just, you come out with a chopper? Just someone hang a doubler. Oh, my doubler gets side settled on the bar. That's how they, that's how they roll. Uh, he won last night's time trial by over a minute. So he, Cadell Evans is in seventh spot. He's I should say there, but what about last week? What about Matthew Burke talking mm-hmm. about last week? Oh, uh, we, we must get a... Recording of it before yes. we finish today. Yes. From what Matt Burke said last week. It was, it was for our boy, though. Yeah. 
Well, what did you? What did he say, Timmy? Say it out loud because I think he is the reason. Well, Matt Burke said the only way to stop this Bradley Wiggins is really mm. what we should do is throw some tacks or we'll throw some nails out into the uh, onto the course and see what happens from there. That mm. was last Sunday. Mm. Last, last Sunday, Sunday night. Morning, yeah. Yeah, last <laughs> Sunday night. That's exactly what happened. But they just, they, they, they just got the wrong bloke. <laughs> I, just, I didn't know. I didn't know our podcast reached that far to the backpackers over there in France. Yeah, Global, standing. Timmy. Global. Yeah. In the British Open, uh, Adam Scott holds a four-stroke lead. This is brilliant, heading into the final round of the Open. He's never won a major, and he looks so solid at the moment on that course at uh, Lytham and St Anne's. Uh, so he's got Graham McDowell behind him. Tiger Woods is an, uh, it went round even par last night. He's at six under. I guess still within striking distance if he has one of those Tiger days. Uh, 25-year-old Indian in Urban Lahiri got a hole in one on the ninth, which is brilliant. But Adam Scott will be up and watching him. And, of course, we're just in preparation for the Olympics, which are coming up. I don't know what your plan is, your strategy for staying over overnight, because most of the big events will be in the, uh, the early hours of the morning. The biggest uh, event so far has been the spat between the male basketballers of Australia and the female team because the the women were in premium economy flying to London and the men were in business class mm. and they weren't very happy at all. Well, I mean, business class for the, the basketballs would be like economy still though, wouldn't it? Correct. Well, what about <laughs> premium economy for... I mean, Liz Cambage is 2.03 metres tall. That's in old speak, six, six foot eight. Now, she's in premium economy. She should have been up there in business for those legs. It's ridiculous. She should have been talking to Eels at the same time just to see how he did it. He was always on a flat bed though, wasn't he, Timmy? We'd always walk into the plane and Eels, he'd go left and we'd go right. Yeah. <laughs> is that because he was captain or is it just because he was tall? No, captain. So he, the captain got to go business class. Absolutely. And the team didn't. Sat with the coach at the same time. It's a very class thing, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. I do love it. Uh, yeah, so Liz Cambridge. Look, I don't know about they should be complaining about what class. I mean, black caviar flew in a crate. She never complained. <laughs> <laughs> Had the skins on, though. Yeah, she did. This is The Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck. You were just chatting away there. I love that, Jimmy. I was just chatting away. Yeah, yeah. Just, I was about to sort of break into my little karaoke, Kings of Leon. How good are they? They are very... Well, how would you know? You weren't listening. They, 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 <laughs> they are very, very good. All right, I want to get to Mad Monday because it is the I thing It's key in the minds, certainly, of the Reds players. They've probably started already. It's probably Mad Sunday as we speak. We are going to talk to Ewan McKenzie, their coach, who's keeping himself nice just for the show. We'll chat with him uh, before, the, uh, before 10 o'clock this morning. But, uh, Timmy, you mentioned something that some other player, some other person who's not uh, a player may be having a Mad Monday as well. well Why? Yeah. Well, Mad Monday, for those, all our listeners who, uh, it's obviously at the end of the season when you've, you've finished up and you, you go and have a couple of, uh, just to go and have a barbecue or... Um, Dress in a, a frock. Uh, yeah, you just dress up. It's just to let <laughs> your hair everywhere. down <laughs> privately. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the sign writer last night... Yeah, at, uh, at Suncorp. At Suncorp Stadium... I reckon he'll be joining the Reds on the uh, Mad Monday because what he did, about half an hour before the game, they're out there and they're, they're hosing away the super rugby sign that they had there. Hmm. A couple of letters. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Half an hour before the game. Huh. And the sign writer had spelt rugby R-U-B-G-Y. <laughs> so this is 30 minutes before the game's about to start. You know, 40,000 people coming in and they're changing and repainting it. So I reckon the sign writer from Suncorp, oh, I reckon he's joining the Reds tomorrow. That is he's gone. Brilliant. This Mad is the Mad Ruck, your Sunday Rubgy show. Yeah. <laughs> Just the chant. <laughs> Rubgy. <laughs> Probably got to he'd get away with it in Japan, but not here. <laughs> <laughs> Rubgy, that is so sensational. Was he? But did you, did you see? I would love to have seen his face. Would have yeah, been so very... just a big broom as he's. Yeah. I reckon what they probably should have done is you know like when a uh, a horse gets put down at the races and they put that big bring sort out the of, screens uh, the screen around yeah just so that no one could see what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Right. Not to take him out, you mean to change the uh, the actual wording. 
You change the word. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we weren't talking about a screen and a bolt going no, for it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right, so Mad Monday itself. Now, you men, obviously. I, I guess what Mad Monday is, A, stupid, uh, B, mm. a chance to uh, let off steam from a season if it may be disappointed or maybe uh, a celebration. But it, uh, it's something you don't want to speak of in detail. Has it become more people try to get, I guess, more responsible or just get more uh, in-house? I think so. They, they, I think everyone tries to keep it in-house now. I think more than anything else. Uh, two ways of looking at it for, say, New South Wales and Queensland. New South Wales, you know, as you mentioned, Tim, in the last six weeks, are preparing for, for Mad Monday. Yeah. And it's not a good thing when you're looking towards that Mad Monday. As Will Genny has said, you know, they want to finish off, finish off well. Mm. Um, Queensland will, um, deservedly for a good year and, and after winning 11 games, be able to turn up on Monday and, and, and enjoy the, I suppose, the end of the season. Yeah. Um, for Waratahs, we had one stage there, uh, there was a closed shop, a few of the boys went away. Uh, they went camping up the coast, up at Central Coastway. Oh. And uh, Chris T- Whitaker... Tents? Yeah, literally. Yeah, I wasn't Gee, they're a close, close, close team. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, into right. that. No, no, exactly right. <laughs> I think I stayed in my car at the end of it. But, but we'd actually stay anyway because we got the phone call from Bobby Dwyer saying, what are you boys doing? And I, and I said, well, what do you mean? Well, I was captain at the time. And he said, oh, I said, look, a few of the boys are just going to have a here and, and have a sit and have a chin wag and that kind of stuff. And he goes, no, no, there's training on tomorrow. He said, no, 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 Bobby, you don't understand. We've finished the season. Oh. He goes, no, no, there's a game for the reserves on Wednesday and you need to hold the pads. Oh. And I said, no, 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 maybe we can come to some kind of agreement. And all of a sudden, you know, as you know, Timmy, Bobby could do some of the best sprays in world rugby. <laughs> and I held the phone out and all the boys, as, as he was spraying, were just sort of packing their sleeping bags and, and getting ready to drive back to Sydney. So sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. Timmy, have you ever uh, fess up here? Have you ever been in the frock on the Mad Monday, or you know some sort of outlandish? Uh, not outfit? a not a frock, but a Superman suit. Yes, Superman but um, suit. <laughs> I think um, uh, it's going well at the Tour de France at the moment, wouldn't it? But mm. yeah, I think these days that it's all held behind closed doors, and, and rightfully so, because the players are they're role models for a lot of kids around um, you know the rugby community. And you can't be you know airing it on a bus, going to seven or eight different pubs, and uh, times have changed, but. I remember going on a pub call with John Eels, and um, his mum actually packed him a lunch on a pub call <laughs> with a lunchbox and a popper. And <laughs> oh, uh, Eelsy, at some point we've got to get Eelsy on just to defend himself. <laughs> no, no, don't no. No. No, no. <laughs> Life's too short. Yeah. This is the Ruck, your Sunday Robgy show. This is the Ruck. And this is the Ruck. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. Uh, a little bit of a sad Sunday morning for rugby followers who enjoyed the great sight last season of the Reds winning the Super 15. Didn't quite get there this year, but uh, very thrilled that the coach, Ewan McKenzie, uh, is, has joined us right here and now. Ewan, thanks so much for uh, what is obviously a difficult morning. How are the boys shaping up? Oh, I've only seen the injured ones, uh, of which there's three, so um, they're all in various states of uh, disrepair. Um, <laughs> Benny Lux has got some bone, well, loose bone in his ankle, so he's got a swollen ankle, and Mike Harris, he took a head knock uh, early in the game, so he's, he's, he's better, and um, so I think he's got a, some deeply corked bicep, so he's got a bit of arm movement issues. It was a di- you- it was a disruptive week for you, Ewan, with the whole Quade Cooper, and then there's more disruption around the, the ten jersey uh, during the evening. How big an effect was all that on the result? Oh, look, I think um, yeah, look, I think it has. I mean, I don't think the, the Quade Cooper thing. Obviously, in the idea world, you have Quade playing, but I mean that was sort of in parallel to what we we're doing the preparation was. Uh, losing Benny was a, was a bug. We've done a, done some good work during the week, and. Um, to lose him so early, but we'd already having a chase on the scoreboard. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons we moved. We had two issues. We had Mike Harris already had a head knock at that point, 
And, um, you know, the only way we were going to catch up is if we could move the ball. The best opportunity and the way we trained all year was to have we'll, we'll move to 10. And uh, it gives, gives us a second best caller we've got. We've got them call the shots uh, outside of Quade. So, um, yeah, that was the best option for us to play that way. Yeah, you, you and what did you say at half time? Because um, I think the 20 to 10 at half time going into the sheds and obviously down 17 nil at one stage. Were, were the players, did they have a vibe at half time they, they thought they could get back into the game? Yeah, I think it was, uh, oh, I think it felt pretty good, you know. There was some technical pieces we had to attend to and uh, we felt they were definitely tiring. And uh, you can you can note that in the second half there's a lot more, uh, it became a lot more stop start and slower sets for scrums and line outs and lots of things all slow right down. So, um, yeah, we were trying to keep the tempo of the game up. It was one of the reasons that we wanted Will at 10 and uh, and Nick Frisbee at 9. So that they create width and, uh, and speed in the game. We were trying to keep the tempo of the game up, but uh, couldn't quite achieve that. And, Lee, how would you summarise the season, mate, after, uh, you know, just scraping in to the, uh, you know, to win the Australian Conference and obviously been a pretty successful year, even though of the loss last night, and... What about your role for next year with Richard Graham coming um, to Brisbane and um, living here and obviously helping out now? He's going to be the head coach next year for the Reds, but you'll still oversee the role? Yeah, nothing's going to change dramatically. There's a few title changes, but the way we'll function is we're not having any extra, no extra coaches. We're losing Maddie Taylor to Scotland, so in the end, the coaching group's the same number. I'll still be coaching the forwards and and the like so um, you know uh, we'll shif- shuffle a few things around there are some opportunities in that structure and that's more transitional I guess uh, the year after is probably you know we'll, we'll transition a little bit more so next year probably more a bit more of the same just a few new faces and uh, doing doing roles but no extra people uh, as such um, but the season you know the last night was sort of tip- atypical of what's happened all year we're sort of you're just trying to get game, but there's always obstacles. And, you know, losing your 10 has been an obstacle uh, all throughout the year. We've had to adapt. And losing your hooker as well was a, was a blow. So it's been in good form the last few weeks. Hey, Link, uh, Berkey here. Mate, I do like the way you're coaching from the sideline, though. Down the bottom there, you've got your own little sort of personal box set up behind there and the computer and stuff. Is that is that a tactic that you've taken from uh, the UK and the, and the French style of, of coaching? Yeah, it's something I picked up in France. It's... Uh, Certainly less frustrating. When you're in the coach's box, you're sort of stuck in a glass box and uh, you can't feel the game as well and it gets quite frustrating. I think down on the ground you can talk directly to runners and, and bench players and whatever. And the biggest influence you can have in the game is probably when you're going to use your bench players. Um, you can't get messages out there as often as people think. So uh, uh, your communication down there, it's obviously harder to see things. I've got an end-on computer there so I can see from end-on what's going on on the computer, but that's about it. Otherwise... So you sacrifice that, but I talk to the assistant coaches up in the box and they sort of give information that um, keeps, keeps me abreast of what's going on from a from global perspective. Can you take a step back just from uh, uh, just you know the Queensland side and look at the Australian Conference? There's been talk and some bagging of the Australian Conference and how strong it is. Where do you see it in this entire Super 15 system? Yeah, I think people, you can say at any point in time, <clears throat> there's always going to be... The conference is, you know, strong and someone in the middle and someone on the other end of it, you know, but it changes over time. And I've been around Super Rugby for a long time now and it changes, you know. And, um, uh, you know, so at the moment we're, we're, uh, we've got, we've got the newest teams. So, um, you know, that's put pressure on us uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the depth of players. But we'll work our way through that. There's opportunity. And I think Brumby showed that, you know, some of the guys that have got opportunity, you know, the Fardies of this world and whatever, they weren't, 
getting opportunities when they've got to go and they've done pretty well so yeah we'll get the benefit of that uh, in time and the wheel will turn with someone else and someone else will be getting criticised at the moment it's just our turn Oh, you and Mackenzie, look, thanks so much for joining us uh, this morning. And congratulations, really, on a, a defence that has been tough all year, but uh, to get where you did was absolutely worthy. And uh, congratulations for that, and uh, all the best for next season. Thanks for being on the ruck. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. There he is, you and Mackenzie. We'll come back and wrap it all up. This is the ruck. Before we go, though, Berkey, what do you got for me? I know some club rugby yesterday, but the most important one was uh, Sydney and he took on Norths, not for the game the fact that Sydney only won by three points but uh, said it to Fua as a young man who yeah. hurt his spinal cord so uh, they're raising money for him so jump on board if you can uh, a good cause alright Timmy yeah well it's the first round of the GPS schoolboy rugby uh, competition up here in um, Queensland yesterday go in Brisbane go to school so mm-hmm. Ippy Grammar actually had a good win against Southport 25-17 Nudgee College 28 beat BBC 13 Brisbane Grammar 63 beat State High 10 and Tuma Grammar 24 actually upset Churchy 18 and Gregory Terrace was 33 against Downlands 10 so some good results there and Tony Super Rugby the semi-finals will be on this weekend coming so Friday the Chiefs are going to host the Crusaders in Hamilton what a match that'll be and the Stormers will host the Sharks in Cape Town on Saturday. So get out there and uh, enjoy your local rugby. Should we do three cheers? Look, can I just correct you, uh, Timmy? It's, it's not super rugby. It's super rug- rugby. Uh, rugby. And yeah, if yeah. you want to see that sign that was painted on Suncorp Stadium, R-U-B-G-Y, <laughs> before they brought the screens out and hosed it off, uh, just go to our Twitter site. You get we're on Twitter at The Ruck Show and Facebook and have a look at the photograph. Get out, enjoy your footy, and we'll catch up again next week.